0: Where I live, I live by the water. There's a river, probably like 15 minutes walk from my place. And there's a rock that I found. And I used to go there like every day when I was feeling strong enough to literally just watch the clouds and the sky and just be. So it was a whole 180 flip from the kind of life I was living to this point in time where I was where I just had to focus on
1: healing. Samogele is described as a recovering overachiever and people pleaser. She spent a large part of her life pouring herself into projects and others, but not into herself. Welcome to The Safe Haven. I'm your host, Amanda Lytle. The Safe Haven offers a collection of conversations about life's challenges and the pivots that we make in order to keep moving forward. At the beginning of 2020, Samogele’s ways started to catch up with her, and her overworking ways took a toll on her body. As her health started to become a concern, Samogele had to let go of her additional commitments in order to focus on herself, for the first time ever. As her energy slowly returned, she ended up finding so much peace in nature and had the time to really observe the world around her. Never a writer or a poet before, Samoghele began to channel her energy into writing. She didn't start off with the goal of writing a book, but taking walks and observing nature started to heal Samoghele from the inside out. Be sure to find the links in the podcast notes as to where you can find her work. I asked Samoghele to start her story around graduating university.
0: After I graduated university, I started working and, you know, I've always been like a high achiever, always doing a lot of extracurriculars. So once I finished school, I kind of felt a little lost in that I had all this energy that I needed to put somewhere. And I started networking quite a bit here in Ottawa. And um, I was actually, I actually ended up moving jobs to a company that, in hindsight, was not a good fit for me. It was a very um, toxic environment, and I just wasn't thriving there at all. And as I was networking in the city, I met my later co founder. We started a community together here in Ottawa. And it was so beautiful because we were able to bring together all these amazing and inspiring women of color and with the goal of you know, networking and helping to help them grow in the workplace. And we ran that for two years and it was such a beautiful journey together, building this community. And um, over time, we met with a lot of people um, talking about what the community could be. And I think somewhere along the line, at least for me, I felt like we were starting to lose the original you know, essence of the community because it it was starting to become, you know, people would ask, like, how are you going to monetize this? Where is it going to grow? And after a while, I think a really pivotal moment for me was, you know, I went home for a few months and um, to visit my mom. And for me, it was just such a difficult eye opening moment because when I, um, leave home, I spend maybe like two or three years away. Home is Zimbabwe. And so I see my family and relatives after such long periods of time. So there's all these drastic changes, you know, Mm -hmm. you know, seeing my mom age, not that she looks old, but she looked different from the last time I saw her. It made me really start to question, you know, is the work that I'm doing really what is important to me? And is this what? I was put on the earth to do. So it took a lot of time and like soul searching. And then I think I started to realize that some um, in building the community, it could have been kind of like a response or my way of trying to get over my um, the hurt from the toxic environment, you know, channeling into this thing, you know. So it's, it's still important work to you know, work on diversity and inclusion in companies, but I've come to realize that it wasn't my work to do it in that way. Mm -hmm. And um, it was such a difficult realization and it took months for me to actually accept it. But I think the moment when I was like, okay, you know what, I have to step away from this was when I started to fall ill. So it started off with like shoulder pains and turned out somehow I dislocated my shoulder and I didn't even know until the pain got so bad. And um, into 2020 was when things really started to fall off the wagon for me. I had, you know, hair falling out, all these rashes and um, I had this like cough chest thing going on for almost two months and didn't know what was going on. So when that happened, I think really for me, that was the wake up call that I have to start choosing myself and um, as difficult as it was to walk away from the community that I'd spent with my co-founder spent so long building. And I'm just so fortunate that she was so understanding when we had the conversation, because I also didn't want to say anything to disappoint her too so it wasn't that moment that I was like you know I have to choose me and my well-being and it's been a long journey but I think I'm definitely on the mend and I'm all the better for that.
1: Mm -hmm. Are you able to elaborate a little bit on what a diagnosis would be for us?
0: Yeah, so it was a couple of things. Some things are still under investigation, um, but the major thing was the vitamin D deficiency. Mm -hmm. So basically, with that, it really affects your immunity and uh, how the range works. It's from your the low end is eighty. I think the unit is UI, and then Mm -hmm. the high end is uh, like. 150 going up. So mine was at 24. So that is severe, severe deficiency. And that's what Mm -hmm. caused all of these problems. And just being able to identify that, spend more time in the sun and taking the supplements. I am, I think that helped so much because it also started to affect my mental health too. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it just led to an overall very difficult time that I I am still recovering from. Yeah. Yeah
1: you were almost forced to pause. It's almost like, do you think that a higher power was almost trying to get you to stop and reflect and digest what you were going through? 100% because
0: up until the point that I got sick, I was always on the go. So always moving, always doing something and there was actually a weekend. At the time, it was a lot of fun. But now I think I wouldn't be able to do this. Like my body wouldn't take it. But there was a time that I traveled to like three different cities over three back-to-back weekends. And then I'd have work during the week in between. So it was just just to give you an idea of how go, go, go my life was. And I think that's what made the pause so difficult mm-hmm. because um, there were days that my body was literally like, I can't do this. Small things like taking a walk for five minutes, I'd wake up the next day feeling like I was hit by a bus. So it really forced me to just slow down. And it was something that was just so new and so foreign to me. And, you know, I started to question, you know, if if I'm not doing anything, then who am I? What value do I bring? And it was so difficult to someone who really placed my worth in my work and the things that I did if I can't produce then what do I matter you know so it was very difficult and I think I needed my body to come in and be like you know what, enough, (laughs) you need Mm -hmm. to rest because I wouldn't have done that for myself. And around that time, I actually discovered the work of, I don't know if you've heard of Dr. Gabor Gabor Mate. I hope I'm saying it right. Mm -mm. But he does a lot of work with people with addictions and also people with chronic illnesses and cancer and all of that. And what he says is a lot of people will um, hold on to things and like not deal with them and always be doing stuff and doing things for other people, so especially the people pleasers <laughs> like me recovering. Um, and it ends up taking a toll on your body because you're just hold doing all these things and not filling your own cup. So it's kind of like with money, you, you have to give, you can only give what you have. and once you're still giving, what you don't have, it kind of starts to deplete you and hurt you on a physical level too.
1: Mm -hmm. You said two things there that really sparked my interest. One of them was the fact that so many of us think that our worth is based on our level of productivity and how busy we are. And we pride ourselves on being so busy. So that was one thing that I feel like if you were to look at the life that you were living before you got sick, before you were forced to stop. And now, how do you analyze worth?
0: Yes, that's something that I think I've had to really grapple and face over the past few months, the past year. And worth now is I'm starting to see that just being here, just existing is enough because, you know, we're human beings, not human doings. Mm just existing you you even if you're just doing nothing just lying on your couch that is more than enough and it's something that i always have to remind myself of i think it's also a symptom of the culture too especially you know the hustle culture which i was very much a part of which really focuses on accomplishments Mm -hmm. and not seeing people as uh, who they are. You know, when you meet people at networking events and stuff, it's usually the first question is, what do you do? Mm -hmm. Not who are you, you know? So it's already placing that emphasis on your output and not focusing on the human being. And that's a question that used to scare me so much. Like, who are you? Mm Because I was like, I have no idea. I do these things. I can tell you that, but who am I? I don't know. (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: I also feel like that plays so much into the guilt complex that so many of us with the worth and productivity thing, if we stop and if we're not doing something, we feel guilty. And that alone is so difficult to overcome. I find, I mean, there's even days where the only thing I feel like I want to be doing is sitting and reading my book. But if Riley's doing renos around the house or I'm, elsewhere and someone else is hustling and bustling around me, I immediately am like, oh, I got to get up, got to look busy, got to look, got to do something, you know, yes, like just rest.
0: Like, what am I not doing? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Okay. So then that was leading me into how did you spend your time?
0: So at the beginning when um, things were really bad, I literally was just like lying in bed all day. I did a lot of crying. And um, my boyfriend is amazing. He was really supportive during that time, because I'm one of those people I want to like hold it in and like not cry. And he was like, No, you got to let it out. And I'm like, if I start, I won't stop. You know, but I've learned it does stop. We just have to let it all out. And um, over time, as I started to get better, I would spend a lot more time in nature because outside is where the sun is and that's what I needed. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, during this time, was when I started to see. You know, nature and the plants and the trees and the grass for the first time. And it gave me such a whole new perspective and a new appreciation for it. And it was when I started to see those things that I was like, I need to write about this. And I would, I remember the first day I was in the tree on my phone, writing what I saw. I was like, okay, I see an ocean of Flowers. What? What is this flower? I Googled it. So I was like a dandelion, and then wrote something about it, and it just went like that in different locations. I had this rock. Um, so I, where I live, I live by the water. There's a river probably like 15 minutes walk from my place and there's a rock that I found and I used to go there like every day when I was feeling strong enough to literally just watch the clouds and the sky and just be Mm -hmm. so it was a whole 180 flip from the kind of life I was living to this point in time where I was where I just had to focus on healing
1: When you mentioned recovering people pleaser as well, I'm trying to think of, I'm kind of putting a bunch of things together. I mean, recovering people pleaser, you're ill, you're weak. It's COVID-19 last year. All of these things. I was just going to ask you, where were the places that you found you could really disconnect to reconnect or reset yourself? So this rock definitely being one of them. Where else?
0: A lot of it was in nature. Mm-hmm. So just taking walks. I'm, I'm lucky that where I live, I'm very close to a lot of um, different trails. So I've actually been living in this area for three years now, but at the time too, but I'd never experienced or explored my neighborhood. So that was something that was very new and very helpful for me just being outside and surrounded by the trees and all the birds. And I think another place that really helped me during my recovery, not really place, but was people, Mm -hmm. you know, I used to think that community was a whole bunch of people together, like in one room, like the quantity. But then I started to see that it could be like one, two or three people. So... This whole experience really allowed me to lean into those people that were like my home and really helped me with my healing. Because there were days that were so terrible. I I went to see a doctor um, who I thought would have all the answers for me. And basically, he told me that my blood results were normal because of my skin color and my descent. So I would have accepted if I felt fine. But because I wasn't, it felt like I was really just overlooked. Mm -hmm. And it was a really tough day for me. But I was able to, you know, like my friends were there for me, my boyfriend was there for me. And they really turned a day that was really a low into a high and made me for not really forget about it, but like helped me work through all the emotions of that day.
1: So when we connected, you were sharing something or I had reached out to ask you a little bit about where you were channeling this energy. So can you elaborate a little bit on what you've been doing?
0: Yes. Uh, So I've been working on my first collection of poetry and reminders that are rooted in self-love. It all came from this whole experience, these past 12 months. And, um, you know, at first I didn't start off wanting to write a book. It was literally me, as I was saying, taking a walk, noticing all the nature around me. And, um, I would journal about all these things that I was feeling. And, uh, I would look back on, on it maybe like a week or two weeks later, or like a month later and be like, wow, I actually did need to hear this right now. Mm. So, the whole experience, it's really, I think, allowed me to reconnect with my inner guiding voice, something that I'd been disconnected from for so long. And, um, Yeah, it's just been such a beautiful, crazy journey. Uh, As of today, I'm done with the actual writings of the book. And it's so crazy to be like, wow, I wrote a book, something that I, at this time last year, would not have seen for myself or believed if someone told me. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. I love that you said that there are reminders about self-love and Mm -hmm. choosing you. Can you elaborate a little bit on how the lessons that you learned during your forced stop have been coming through in your writing, in your in your poetry. I think it's so beautiful.
0: Thank you. I think a big theme is just remembering that we're human. Mm-hmm. A lot of pieces touch on that because I always felt like I had to be doing certain things or like saying certain things or showing up in the world in a certain way but at the end of the day like we're all unique we're all here for our own purposes with different gifts and different talents and this really is a reminder of that because I know especially with the world of social media when you see all these different um, people doing all these amazing things and sometimes you feel like I too have to be like this and it's just a reminder that you, as you are, no matter how messy or broken or whatever you may feel, you are worthy and you still contribute to the world in such a beautiful way that wouldn't happen if you weren't here. So I think throughout the book, that's a theme that I've been trying to carry. I, that's a message that I would like readers to have as they, well, as they read the book and after they finish.
1: mm mm-hmm. Pre-recording, you also said something so beautiful when you were talking about the importance of being quiet. Mm -hmm. So the being quiet, I recognize, was something that from your forced pause you were really, really working through. But we also talked about external processing and validation. Is that something that you still find that you either look for or lean into, just depending on how responses come your way?
0: For the external validation, before, it was kind of like the answer. So if I w- if I had a question, I would look externally for the answer. Mm-hmm. And it's been a process of trying to unlearn that. And I know I still get caught up into it some days. But now it's more of tuning into my internal compass to help me make those decisions and any external validation or praise that comes as an extra. And it's literally daily work because I always have to remind myself, okay, you know what? This feels right. I think this is important or it matters. So I'm going to do this, you know? And quiet and pause have really helped me tune into, I think it's intuition. I'll call it intuition. Tune into the intuition to follow the path that is right for me. And I like what you called it, the forced pause. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The forced pause is... What helped me to build on the skill? Because this is, it was the time when I reconnected with meditation, because I used to do it sporadically. And over the forced pause is when I started to incorporate it as more of a practice. And I found that it's really literally when I was writing the book, a lot of the poetry came through my process of I would move, I would meditate, and then all the words would just come. Mm -hmm. So the meditation, it wasn't really a set thing where I'd be like, okay, it's time to move. Now it's time to meditate. Now it's time to write. It would literally be me meditating, and then these whispers just coming through my mind. And I was like, okay, I have to write this all down. So I think that's why I was saying sometimes I'd read these words and be like, wow, I really needed this. It was kind of like my connection to my higher self coming through with the words I needed in different moments.
1: What a beautiful experience. Thank you. I bet you surprised yourself at times with this stuff that you were writing.
0: I did, because sometimes I'll take breaks from the book just because I need it, because mm-hmm. I've been thinking about it every single day. Yeah. <laughs> then I'll come back and um, sometimes I'd have forgotten about some of my pieces because there's 47 in there. And 47 is a number that came into my mind randomly, too, which was like, the book will be done when it's 47 pieces. And as of yesterday, I have 47. So I'm like, I'm done. Oh, my but- gosh. 47.
1: I wonder what the significance is.
0: I don't, I was at the rock. I was at the rock and 47 entered during my meditation. And here we are.
1: (laughs) I love it.
0: I'll come back to these pieces and be like, wow, I needed to hear this right now. It will be months removed, but it speaks to where I'm at in a certain situation or in a certain point in my life. And I really feel like everyone has the power to tap into these words as well. Everyone has that guidance, that intuition, that inner guiding voice, whatever you wanna call it. Mm -hmm. And with the book, I really want to help others be able to tap into that too. Because the book, those are my words and the words that I needed. And I know they'll help other people too. But as a step further, I would love people to be able to connect with their inner guiding voices to discover the words that they need as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm excited for this. I'm excited to read it and for it to come out. Thank That's you. you must feel so proud. What an accomplishment!
0: It's surreal. It hasn't sunk in yet. because <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm just being called to like move in certain ways. Because. Um, this whole journey, I'm usually like a type A kind of person. I want to plan everything and know that, okay, after this, I'm going to do this. And after that, I'm going to do that. But with this journey, it's been so different in that I didn't really plan things. I would just be like, okay, today I feel like I should make a website and then do it. Mm-hmm. And then the next day I'll be like, okay, I think I should start making videos and then do it. Mm-hmm. So it's been more of a, one of, like moving as I feel called to move. Mm -hmm. rather than planning the whole journey. So just trusting the process, even when it doesn't make sense.
1: Oh, that's a quote. Trust the process, even (laughs) when it doesn't make sense. Like so many of us can feel that to the core. Oh, it's so true. Scary, but it's true. Mm -hmm. It's like feel the fear and do it. Exactly, exactly. I have three safe haven style questions for you. Are you ready? Yes, I am. What are you most proud of? Mm Hmm... That's a good question.
0: The first thing I can think of is allowing myself to be who I am and to be seen for everything that is me without trying to be anyone else, fit any kind of boxes, you know, just, just be myself. It's been a journey to get here, still, still working on it, mm-hmm. but, um, I think for a long time, I was always trying to be something other than who I am. And that led to feelings of feeling like I'm not good enough at all. So it's something that I really struggled with. And I think this year and also being able to create something off my own that I 100% control and direct has helped me to work through that and to see that everything that is me is more than enough.
1: Oh, that's so beautiful. What would you like to be known for?
0: I would like to be known for bringing light into the world. Like just to be known as a source of like inspiration, anyone who comes across me, my work just feels, you know, joy and like warmth and peace and seen and understood Yeah, I just want to radiate goodness and just bring light into the world because um, a big part of my journey was depression. And especially when I got sick, that's when it really hit me the hardest. And there were nights that I didn't want to be here anymore. And I felt like no one um, cared about me, you know? So being in that pit and being able to come out of it With so much love and support from, you know, friends, my family, I want to help others who feel that way too, who are depressed, who feel down, suicidal, all those things. I want them to feel like there's hope and that better days are coming. And if I can be the light that helps them see Mm -hmm. that, then I'll be happy.
1: Mm -hmm. I love it. And if you had a message for everyone listening, what would it be?
0: Immediately, I think of one of the poems that I wrote. And it's called You Have the Complete Blueprint for Your Life. And I think that's the message I want to share, that we all know why we're here. It may be buried deep down, maybe in, like, the things you loved as a child. And it's it's somewhere. But you know why you're here, what makes you happy, the mark you're supposed to leave. And I know that society always places emphasis on like certain positions and like certain roles and skills, but whatever you bring to the table makes the world such a better place. And just trust, you know, the, your intuition and Mm. yourself, it'll all work out for your highest good. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. This is such a fun conversation.
1: Yeah, you, when you're talking about light and being a light, you are a girlfriend. Thank you. (laughs) I want to make sure that I grab your social so that anyone listening can find you online.
0: Oh, definitely. So on Instagram and Twitter, it's at the Sam Mube. So that's the S-A-M-N-C-U-B-E. I'm also on YouTube Full name is Samuel. and Mube, so that's s-a-m-u-k-e-l-e last name n-c-u-b-e and you can also connect with me on my website so that's www.samuguelandmube.com so
1: great thank you thank you thank you
0: thank you Amanda for having me and for creating the space the safe haven for us to talk about
1: these things I appreciate it I appreciate you Samogele, thank you so much for joining me on The Safe Haven. I wish you all of the best with your work, and I'm so excited to get your book. To everyone listening, I recognize the privilege that comes with my platform, and I'm committed to creating a safe, brave, and inclusive space with intention. If this episode has hit you right in the heart or inspired you in any way, please screenshot the screen while you're listening, send it to your friends, and share it in your Instagram stories please be sure to tag us at the safe haven podcast so that we can personally thank you for it. If you're able to write a review or leave a juicy five-star rating on Apple podcasts, that really helps this podcast grow for more great podcasts, check out frequencypodcastnetwork.com, And I will talk to you next week.